for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. We're back. That wasn't long, was it? <laughs> no, time is going too fast. Stop the planet. I want to get off. Later, there's a show to do. All right. This week, Bayos Youth perform Oliver. While we, while we chat to the director and some of the cast and Queerstory looks at gospel singer Wilma Lislax Broadnax. All in the next hour on Shout Out. Well, a bit of a different show today, as there's only three of us, and we're not actually in the BCFM studio. We're remoting in um, from mm. um, somewhere east of Bristol called Bath. Well, where are we? And it. talking of Bath, welcome to our new station that's um, joined um, our shout-out partner stations. Terry, you have all the info. Yes, we're on Bath Community Radio as of Saturdays at 7 o'clock every week. Now, they set up in 1967, just as the 60s were swinging. And uh, they've got half a century's experience of running community radio. And uh, the station has been serving the patients at Bath Hospital for the last half century. And um, also, they merged with BA1 Radio, which is a youth radio project in Bath to form a new service for the whole community. So Bath Radio is where you need to go on Saturdays at 7 o'clock and tune into them as well. Excellent, yeah. And of course, especially um, a good evening to all our other stations as well. If you're enjoying the long bank holiday. Well, we're only on Thursday. Well, only right now. (laughs) You know how literal I am. (laughs) uh, But most of the stations broadcast on Friday. So hello to Friday. Hi, Friday. How are you enjoying Friday? And those of you (laughs) listening on Saturday. How's your Saturday going, guys? What a great Saturday Hope you're having a lovely Sunday. This weekend is going so fast, isn't (laughs) it? It is. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we're going to have lovely weather, hopefully. Um, So if, if you are out and about, this weekend I hope that you've got sunshine holiday, somewhere yeah. yeah now if you wonder where Andy is he's in Lanzarote well hopefully he's in it's Lanzarote if he got away that is of course there's been a lot of plane cancellations over the last week or two um, unfortunately and that's yeah. right across the country yeah. um, us, uh, so hopefully Andy is listening to us in Lanzarote with his I hubby so. Carl and Matthew is playing with fireworks somewhere in the country <laughs> Um, uh, thinking of aeroplanes, has anybody seen uh, Prince Louis' um, pictures today, or the pictures of little Prince Louis reacting very dramatically to the planes fl- flying overhead oh, for the Jubilee? No, I didn't see uh, that. If, if, no. if, if a picture uh, could tell you a thousand words, um, there would be two. Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was blanking his ears out. Well, it's probably definite, isn't yeah. it? There were 70 aircraft low flew over yeah. Buck, and, Buck House. So, uh, a Buck House? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did they make a 70 in the sky a big 7-0 it did yeah. yeah yeah. but there was all sorts um, yeah. it did look amazing and actually what I loved was that the Queen was smiling all the way through Louis's um, very expressive uh, reactions <laughs> yeah. and I thought do you know what Like that, that's precious because all three children uh, are obviously very very unique and are allowed to be themselves and yeah. 
that's great. Now, we yeah. were going to tie up with that and not have maybe the Queen, but we were going to have a Queen. <laughs> we were. But, don't, don't, um, don't get them away yet, well, Stephanie. No, okay, but the person we were going to be chatting to is not feeling very well. So get well soon. You know who you are. But we will be bringing you it's that Alid, person, Alad. <laughs> Alad is listening. Um, well, I don't know if it's Alad or Miss Beaver at the moment. But anyway, um, it's thanks to Alad that they've got this um, hotshot queen and uh, for us to interview. But that will be coming soon. And they are starring at Bristol Pride. Mm. So, yeah. Which is only a few weeks away now. It About is. Four weeks, isn't it? it? Is. Four weekends. Yeah. And yep. we shall be there. Yeah. And Western Pride as well. So we're doing two prides. So hopefully yes. your voice will recover because Western Pride is the weekend before Bristol Pride. And Bristol Pride is going to be a 12 hour marathon. I think we've got 14 presenters on that day to help us out through the 12 hours. Um, not, just, not just presenters, but uh, production staff, techies, and producers. Um, to get us through the day. What so, do I come yeah. under? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to we're just going to leave you on Castle Park where the march starts, <laughs> and then you see, oh, I'm all alone. Where am I? <laughs> There's no one here beside me. That's later in the oh. show. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's get on with our first track. Shout out LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Wow. <laughs> that was dramatic. It was. How and did you I follow know, that? Well, I know every single word. That's all I've got to say. Love you, Harry Styles. You have my whole heart. Okay. Well, did you hear something then? That's the end of the song. I don't know. What? The buzzing? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought it was a drone passing <laughs> our window. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's all the secret cameras that the landlords put into Big Brother Us. Um, ah, yeah. okay. Didn't, okay. Didn't want to didn't take it off the Well, our, our studio this evening is uh, looking out over the southern slopes of Bath, which is a very pleasant view, actually. Mm-hmm. It's very nice mm-hmm. out there. Um, now, you did this next section as in queer story is yours as yeah um very unusual person you found for this week it is it is absolutely um well it was actually came from an article you were reading wasn't it about really interesting uh queer people um that that other people may not know about which is what queer, mm. queer story is all about so mm. yes today's queer story is about wilma littleax broadnax do enjoy History, where I go back in time to discover stories on some of the most incredible LGBTQIA people that just don't get talked about enough. Today I'm sharing the life of Wilma Littleax Broadnax, an amazing gospel singer and a stealth trans man. Broadnax was born in Houston, Texas in 1916 to William Broadnax and Gussie Fraser. By 1930, he lived with his stepfather, Augustus Flowers, mother Gussie Fraser, younger brother William Broadnax and younger stepsister, Armatha Broadnax. 
Although Wilma was the oldest of the three Broadnax children, most sources state that he was actually the younger of the two brothers. The fact that identifies stepson and male for Armathera crossed out and corrected as daughter and female on the 1930 census may indicate that eight-year-old Armatha presented as male and was almost definitely perceived as such by the census takers. Because of this, he was always accepted as male by his family, friends and colleagues, especially as most of the people in his life did not know that he was assigned female at birth until his death. As Armatha Broadnax is unmentioned after the 1930 census, it is possible that he took on Wilma's name after his death and truly was Wilma's younger sibling. This would mean that Wilma Broadnax, as known today, was born in 1922 in Louisiana. It's also possible that Wilma was in fact the older brother and had already started using male pronouns by age 13 and that later he was mistaken as the younger brother because of his high voice and short stature. He and his brother William Big Axe Broadnax always loved singing gospel at the St Paul Gospel Singers in Houston until they chose to follow their passion and moved to Los Angeles to perform with the Southern Gospel Singers in 1939 to 1940. Pianist Willie Love said during this period that Little Axe couldn't sing low because he had a relatively high voice. It wasn't falsetto, it was naturally high, so somebody had to sing the low notes. His point is clear in the recordings of the Golden Echoes where Paul Foster's rich baritone and Broadnax's clear tenor riff off each other to create the illusion of a multi-octave lead singer. As music critic Ray Funk points out, Little Axe's lead is absolutely distinctive on these cuts. He is the high lead that takes over from the baritone of Paul Foster. His voice is sweet but almost vicious, dripping with emotion, while Foster, in contrast, would offer almost a growl. The Southern Gospel singers all had day jobs that made it hard for Little Axe to get touring gigs, so Wilma decided to move forward with his career when forming his own group, the Golden Echoes. The Golden Echoes became one of the top touring gospel quartet groups of the 40s, but William eventually left for Atlanta to join the Five Trumpets. In 1949, now augmented by future soul stirrer Paul Foster, the group that produced future soul singers Sam Cooke and Johnny Taylor, they recorded a version of When the Saints Go Marching In, but unfortunately their record label decided to drop them before they could record a second single and the group disbanded. This wasn't going to stop Broadnax. He was incredibly driven and knew that he had what it took to get big in the industry, so he took his powerful tenor voice to the popular Spirit of Memphis Gospel Quartet, which included legendary gospel singer Silas Steele. It was here that his career really took off, with him being given the opportunity to record and perform with the quartet until 1952. The Spirit of Memphis was one of the top-grossing gospel acts of the time, and were getting paid as much as $200 a week, which was really big money in that time period. In the long history of gospel music, the Spirit of Memphis Quartet are still considered one of the finest and most influential groups ever to travel the gospel highway. They began as sedately cool harmonisers in the jubilee style of the 20s and 30s, and by the late 30s, professional gospel groups such as the Soul Stirrers and the famous Blue Jay Singers were coming to play the city of Memphis, and these had a huge influence on the local gospel aggregations. During the Second World War, its members continued to travel to the surrounding states for weekend gospel programmes. When travel restrictions eased around 1945, they were eager to increase their out-of-town engagements and James Darling rejoined the group to facilitate this. He told Kipler now, I am the man that started them travelling. I could book them all over the country and that's one of the reasons that the Spirit of Memphis wanted me to take them over. 
the connections that I had across the country from booking my wife's group, the Songbirds of the South. I really agreed and booked them with the Fairfield Four. Darling added another significant facet to the group when alternating lead singers Silas Still and Wilma Lislax Broadnax were brought into the fold. Darling recalled that Still and Lislax were fully blended into the group by early 1948. When Five Blind Boys of Mississippi lead singer Archie Brownlee died in 1960, Broadnax was tapped as his replacement, while also, until 1965, continuing to lead his own group called Lislax and the Golden Voices. With three great lead voices, Jethro Bledsoe, Silas Still and Lissalax, the group were now an unstoppable creative and spiritual force. Shortly before Christmas 1949, the Spirit of Memphis, now signed exclusively to King Records, cut the first of six sessions in Cincinnati, the results of which included a bass-driven workout of He Never Left Me Alone, a beautiful blended Blessed of the Dead, and an utterly riveting The Day Is Past and Gone. In the very first issue of Cross Rhythms magazine, it was described as This 78 from the Eisenhower era is one of the most spine-tingling, otherworldly recordings ever put out for popular music consumption. A cappella it consists of three awesome elements, lead bluesy intoning a blunt declaration of faith with enough melisma and blue notes to make your average blues enthusiast go gaga. A rasped sermonette hoarsely exhorting Christians to keep going over the rough side of the mountain and an eerie drone of precisely harmonised ooze. The day is past and gone was later acknowledged as the first gospel recording to include a mini-sermon in its structure. As the popularity and commercial visibility of gospel quartets waned, Broadnax retired from touring but did continue with the five blind boys of Mississippi into the 70s and 80s until he passed away in 1992 in Philadelphia. It was a tragic end as he and his girlfriend Lavina Richardson had a very heated argument which ended when he stabbed him on May 23rd 1992 and he subsequently died on June 1st 1992. It was upon Paul Max's death that it was discovered that he was a trans man. This created a stir in the gospel community, with many prominent singers at the time insisting that they had suspected all along that his gender assigned at birth was female, including Jojo Wallace of the Sensational Nightingales, who said, I always wondered about Axe, however, it's more likely that only his brother William Big Axe Broadnax and other close family members actually knew about his gender identity. The intersection of Broadnax's gender and race created some issues for him on tour, as public bathrooms were segregated. It was not uncommon for many gospel singers to be able to use public restrooms where they performed, and Broadnax was forced to keep his gender identity a secret by using the restroom alone, which also provoked from retrospective suspicion by Claude Jesser, who said, Axed always goes off by himself. And that brings this queer story to an end, celebrating the incredible life of Wilma Lislax Broadnax, another fascinating story from black trans history. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Rhythm of the Night. Debarge. I was just looking at how you spell rhythm. Isn't it odd? 
And oh, odd. Oh, I always get confused with rhythm. Yes. I bet you do, I've Terry. No <laughs> I've got no rhythm. But that I do find it difficult to spell. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you had to. And that's a great track, by the way. It's great it track. is, isn't it? Yeah. Quite a classic. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that you've gone for the two different age brackets that we've got on, on the ship. Sorry to speak out of turn again. <laughs> No? Okay. Okay. We're moving on okay. swiftly. Moving swiftly on, yeah. Is um are the news team ready? Maybe. Um I you're doubling are. up, aren't you, Ez? <laughs> I am. Get to the newsroom quickly. Okay. This is Shout Out News on Thursday, 2nd of June. The results of the general election in Australia have been broadly welcomed by LGBTQ plus activists. The government of Scott Morrison, a Liberal National Party coalition, was defeated, bringing to an end 10 years of centre-right rule. And the Australian Labour Party, led by Anthony Albanese, will form the new administration. The LGBTQIA plus paper The Star Observer reported that the advocacy group Equality Australia had produced a pamphlet examining the policies of the Liberal National Coalition, the Australian Labour Party and the Australian Greens, who were the third largest parliamentary group, although considerably smaller than the other to. The Greens scored highest against many indicators of gay and trans friendliness, whilst the Liberal National Coalition were felt by many to be hostile to LGBTQIA plus interests in certain key areas, for example, in protection from discrimination by fundamentalist religious groups. The Australian Labour Party had a mixed scorecard. A number of smaller parties fielded candidates for both the Senate and the House of Representatives. They ranged from socially liberal parties through libertarianism to populists. None of them performed terribly well, with those candidates with anti-gay policies faring particularly poorly, and this may go some way to explaining why Wikipedia lists Australia as one of the most LGBTQIA plus friendly countries in the world. The Anglican Church in Scotland has voted to formally allow same-sex couples to marry in a landmark ruling which passed the Church's General Assembly by a whopping 274 votes to 136. Pink News reports that while no person would be required to be involved in marrying a same-sex couple if they don't want or wish to be, the Church law has now been changed to enable Church ministers and deacons to authorise celebrants to conduct same-sex weddings. The Ozan Foundation, an LGBTQIA plus and progressive Christian organisation, recently published research which found that over half of practising Anglicans, meaning the denominations of the Church of England, Church of Wales or Church of Scotland, now support marriage equality. The ecclesiastical newspaper Church Times reported that the campaign for equal marriage in the Church of England urged the Anglican Synod to follow Scotland's example. The group stated that the Church's bishops must recognise that the majority of members of the Church of England embrace and welcome LGBTQI plus people into the life of their local churches and want to be able to celebrate celebrate their marriages. The Jewish Chronicle newspaper looks at the racist and anti-Semitic theories of white nationalists this week. In particular, the paper analyses the Great Replacement Theory, peddled by an assortment of far-right groups, some of them with divergent aims. Now, the origin of this theory is from the writings of a gay Frenchman, Renaud Camus. Camus was a celebrated writer in the 70s and even had a column in the popular LGBT plus newspaper, Gay Pied. However, in old age, he has drifted towards the far-right, 
largely abandoning his support for gay liberation and endorsing homophobic as well as far-right candidates. Although Mr. Camus has distanced himself from neo-Nazis that have picked up on his theories, he remains influential on the right-wing discourse internet. The Jewish Chronicle article looks at his theories and how they have become intertwined with older anti-Semitic tropes on the internet and how hate groups have appropriated his writings. Josh Kaplan's article notes, since the theory gained steam in the fringe corners of the internet, several figures closer to the mainstream have espoused views in line with elements of great replacement theory. Often sanitised of the overt anti-Semitic tropes, several TV hosts and YouTubers have suggested that democratic politicians in the US are actually encouraging immigration to create them more voters. The National AIDS Trust and ACT UP London are organising several events to mark Pride season. They will be hosting HIV and AIDS activist Peter Staley, who for 35 years has campaigned with ACT UP in the States after quitting his old job on Wall Street. Staley's new memoirs called Never Silent, Act Up and My Life in Activism are newly published. On Saturday 18th of June, Mr Staley will be reading excerpts from the book at a Queer Circle event at Greenwich, whilst on Sunday 19th there will be a book signing at Houseman's Radical Bookstore in King's Cross, the building that once hosted the early days of the gay switchboard in the 70s. Deborah Gold, Chief Executive of National Age Trust, said it's no exaggeration to say Peter's fierce quest for justice for people living with and at risk of HIV has saved countless lives. People living with HIV continue to benefit from his formidable, tireless and creative activism, starting with the early HIV movement he helped to spearhead and which he pushes forward to this day. For more information, visit the National AIDS Trust website at www.nat.org.uk. There's an LGBTQIA plus friendly store based not so far from Brighton's well-loved gay village called Gender Free World. Founded in 2015, the company says that it emerged out of frustration with the highly gendered world of high street fashion and a desire to offer a different bold designs for customers. They say for women, clothes often mean choosing from a limited range of pastel shades. Where are the bold colours, interesting or fun fabrics? For men, they say there is much more choice, but usually an assumed traditional masculine shape well as well as offering a range of sizes and styles for a broader range of body shapes and sizes the company's garments are largely manufactured in britain with no sweatshop conditions or child labor and for those after gifts there are a range of radical tea towels and tote bags available to browse what is available for our diverse community you can visit genderfreeworld.com a text-only television channel aimed at the LGBTQI plus community has closed down this week. Proud Dating was available on the Freeview platform in the UK and from morning till late at night broadcast text messages and dating pictures from people across the UK. Although arguably an old-fashioned means of contacting like-minded people, in an age of endless dating apps, the channel was well-supported and many people, including isolated LGBTQI plus folks in rural areas, tuned in and contributed to its pictures and text messages. They formed a little community of their own and so the passing of the channel on May 25th together with its straight equivalent Kiss and Date TV will be mourned by many. There was a previous similar service called Gay Rabbit which operated between the start of Freeview in 2002 to 2013. Our own media watcher Terry said sad to see the apparent end of text dating services on Freeview. If I ever were to win a fortune one of my projects would be to restart an LGBTQI plus text channel as well as a free to air queer television service broadcast Casting films, dramas, historical programming and coverage of community events. 
And in entertainment news, Fire Island is out on June the 3rd on Star on Disney Plus and on Hulu in the US. It has been described by media website Digital Spy as a raucous reworking of Jane Austen's novel Pride and Prejudice. The Fire Island of the title will be instantly familiar to students of gay history. Off the coast of Long Island, Fire Island is a place where every summer for decades, LGBTQIA plus New Yorkers have sought community and enjoyment away from the heterosexual hegemony of everyday life. Gabriella Geishinger, writing at Digital Spy, praises the forthcoming film and says that it is fun and funny, but at the same time will explore issues such as hierarchies within the LGBT plus communities, body fascism and internalised homophobia. Gabriella writes, unlike Pride and Prejudice, the goal at the end isn't marriage, but it isn't a flat out condemnation of the practice either. What Fire Island does is afford space to everyone to pursue the relationships that make them happy, fulfilled and above all else, whole. And finally, Ben Kavanagh, a gay writer who first published play is The Convert, a dark satire on the cruel world of anti-gay and anti-trans conversion groups, speaks to LGBTQIA plus C magazine QX this week. Opening at the community theatre space above the stag in Vauxhall on 8th of June and running for a month, Kavanagh's play has been hailed as an excellent dark satire by Dominic Cavendish, writing in the normally homophobic Daily Telegraph paper. In the chilling world of The Convert, Alex and Marcus are brought to a place called The facility where they must become heterosexuals or face expulsion from society but their love is strong and sustaining can it overcome the hatred of this dystopian hetero nightmare tickets are between 12 and 15 pounds and full details are at abovethestage.org.uk for these new stories and more we will update our website every day please visit shoutoutradio.lgbt for shout out news this has been ezra peregrine and terry star <laughs> Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. CFM and shout out and full dress rehearsals are underway for Oliver and I've caught up with the director during a break. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How long have you been practising this one? Oh, uh, we started in January. Wow. Yeah. Yes, so it's some time, yeah. Yes. Now I noticed that it's quite gender fluid, isn't it? The way that the, the, they've been assigned to their, their places. Definitely, yes. Which is nice to see. 
Yeah, it's, um, I think, it's, well, with a lack of boys generally anyway, it's something we have to do. But I think um, nowadays the theatre has become a much more LGBTQ friendly any place anyway. And I think that's where, how it should be. It yeah, really is. Indeed, here. Yeah. So, what are the ages of the cast? So, they range from 10 to 17. Wow, so quite young. Then. Yes, yes, yeah. they are quite young. But I specialise working with um, teenagers anyway, okay. so that's okay. what I'm used to. Now, this is like quite a big production. <laughs> You're not cutting short anything, are you? No, definitely not. It's um, for professional lighting, sound, everything. A great team we've got together for every aspect of it, actually. Yeah, yeah it's been a really great experience. Uh, how are they getting on with these? London accents. <laughs> oh, I don't know if we've quite got East London, but they're a bit all over the place. But you know, I think I think you get the gist from it. Definitely. Yeah. So you did take him to a trip to London. Yeah. Sign that would have been good, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would have loved to. <laughs> Some of the cast have bumped up. Now you only got a ten-minute break, so we're not going to be very long. So I'll just whip round. Give me your names first. Uh, I'm Finn Wisby. And you play Bill Sykes. Uh, I'm Maddie Lewis, and I play Mr. Bumble. I'm Jack Spencer, and I play Dodger. Yeah, so how were you finding that? How did you get that, that part? We did an audition. Um, we had to learn a piece of the song, and we did a bit of choreography as well in class, and then, yeah, got the part. Yeah? How did you do that with the East London accent? Um, I watched a lot of clips of Dodger. I watched yeah. Oliver about ten times. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's more than I have. <laughs> and I love the movie. <laughs> yeah. How did you get into acting? Um, I've... Really, my mum put me in classes when I was about four, and then that four. Oh yeah. wow! I invaded my sister's ballet lesson, yeah. so then I started doing it more than her, and then yeah. So you can do ballet as well? Yeah, I do dance as well. Wow! Wow! So you're very, very fit then to do ballet. Obviously, this this play doesn't actually entail ballet. No, 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 no. But singing. How are you getting on with the voice singing? Because you're on quite a lot, aren't you? Yeah, um, my voice broke recently, which was the shock. Um, but <laughs> oh, so when you started rehearsals, then yeah, it was in the middle. Okay. Then, yeah, so it's been a shock, but I've yeah. managed it all right. Is that good? Good. Yeah. So it's not been a problem then. To no, the, not the much. Production. Don't think so. Okay. Now you're playing Bill Sykes, did uh, you say? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, how's that going? Oh, it's, it's it's brilliant. Absolutely love it. Yeah, because you get to play a role that you're not it's like not your actual personality because you get to perform like really menacing and you sure it's not your personality oh no I, I promise you that yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's it's really good fun yeah yeah and what got you into Oliver how did um, you get in well I was at school and my drama teacher came up to me and she said oh, I found this uh, really good like drama group and I think you should uh, go and like audition for it so then I had a look at the date and there was like two days left to audition so I went and um had to do like a dance routine and a song from a musical and uh, a couple of days later I said that I got in so yeah that's, that's when I joined Bales yeah. okay how long how many times have you watched Oliver probably uh, probably like eight times yeah eight times quite a lot yeah okay nice. so Dodger you're still top of the ranking <laughs> then you've still got ten yeah top of the table <laughs> and you're playing I'm playing Mr Bumble okay how's that Difficult, really, really hard because obviously I'm a female playing an incredibly big male part. I've noticed that with this play, they're not really worried about gender, are they? No, it's a very, it's not based on gender, it's more based on the character and it's just so, it's so diverse. Yeah, Yeah. I've noticed that. You're all doing really, really well at playing these parts. (laughs) Are you quite excited to play Mr. Bumble? I can't. Was it your choice? Um, no, I just kind of went in for a general audition okay. and just said, 
I really don't mind and then got given the part and yeah and you haven't looked back since no now it's quite scary I could I could feel the apprehension <laughs> on the stage because this is it now isn't it you start yeah. the, the main performances start tomorrow yeah tomorrow night so you really pumped yes yeah no, I can't can't exciting. wait yeah. yeah the adrenaline yeah. Yeah, the rush yeah. before you go on stage is always the best, yeah. best bit. Yeah. yeah, but you know the audience are on your side. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. Isn't yeah, it? they've come here to enjoy that yeah, play, definitely. and you're going to actually deliver that. Okay, back to you, Dodger. Hello. How did you do the nicking of the wallet? <laughs> uh, you've been practicing, yeah, or we, is that a natural ability? <laughs> have you practiced around Broadbeak? Actually, when I when I first watched Oliver as a kid, I used to steal my dad's wallet all the time without him noticing. I used to get in trouble um, at home. Wow, wasn't expecting so, that one. <laughs> so I had a lot of practice when I was a little kid. Is that on your CV? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that's why I got the part. Yeah. Okay. Thank you all. Now I know you're that you need to get now a drink in that, so I'll let you get back to it and back to the. the director now um so how do you think it's going for tomorrow are you confident yes i'm extremely confident they've worked really really hard and i couldn't be prouder of them they've been absolutely Mm. amazing they've put so much work in Mm. and they've just they're incredible i you know the kids just love it and you can see that on their face i think today they're a little bit nervous and a bit overwhelmed with everything because it's the first time they've had everything put together but um no they're going to be amazing they're going to be yeah i think so as well um, I've only been here 20 minutes, but I was just loving it. Oh, Absolutely I'm so glad. Loving it. I'm yeah. so glad, yeah. yeah. Right, how do we get tickets? If you visit theredgravetheatre.com, then there's some tickets still left. Um, I think the Saturday matinee is sold out, but they're still for the three evening performances. Thank you so much, and thank the cast thank as well you. for your time. Yes, lovely to meet you. <laughs> He needs me. The Shoutout Podcast. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. You, you, were, um, you were in Oliver, weren't you? Me? Yeah. Oliver. Yes, I was in it two years running. Um, wow. I don't know if they were just trying to... Uh, uh, play with the old gender dysphoria, but uh, the first year I was Dodger and the second year I was Nancy. <laughs> or Nancy. 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 Uh, yeah, and I still know pretty much all the lyrics. And, and as, a, as a very small little bambino, uh, my mum sang Where Is Love to Me every night for many, Aww. many years. Oh, yeah. that's brilliant. So um, I've, I've always been a huge Oliver fan. I did get very into it by pretending that I was an orphan um, and would only be referred to as Dodger. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like I was uh, really getting into the part. I do miss Amdram, um, and that they sounded absolutely brilliant. What well, lovely interviews! It was great. I arrived there a little bit early, and obviously it was in the middle of rehearsals. Um, I so enjoyed it. I could have. I thought, wow, I really need to watch all of this. They yeah, they so sounded very talented. Very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And and I could really hear, it, it just took me right back to that excitement and the, the anticipation. And there will be much perspiration because, and pacing up and down um, uh, up and down backstage. I know what it's like, but um, I hope you've already had a really good start to the show. Um, if you're listening, everybody, yes. um, and, and good luck. Believe in yourselves because you're obviously very talented. Uh, and I hope you have a lot of fun. Um, nothing, there is nothing quite like live theatre 
Yeah, and that adrenaline, isn't it? Yeah. You, after, after you've done it, because it's similar with radio as well. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, even today, you know, I've done it so many years. Occasionally, you just get a little twinge of excitement, and then when it's over, you get a real sense of satisfaction. When yes, it's done. and I think and one of you my favourite bits used to when when we'd have like the last song, everything would finish, and everybody would hold hands, walk to the front, and bow. Um, and you'd obviously get yes. certain characters running on and getting more applause, like like me. Um, you know, don't want to boast, but um, I got lots of applause. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where's the uh, where's the East End accent? <laughs> what you want it now? I do anything for you, dear. Anything? Is that all right? That's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, it's not one of my it's, it's not one of my best actually. I do a better Liverpudly in one. Do you know what makes a Cockney? Um, a on Cockney. How you can pronounce yourself as being Cockney? I do, but I'm only because not... you told me. I don't know if Terry knows. It's you've got to be born within the sound of the bow bells, haven't you? That's that's it, Terry. You have. I and think from my, East London. Um, my granddad was. He's, he was a true Cockney. Was he Cockney? Like, was he? Right. Yeah, ah, okay. I can pinpoint your accent. Is are you a Cockney as well, <laughs> or are you Essex? <laughs> I de- well, well funnily you should uh, say that I lived uh, in Essex for three years, and that's where our, our first kid was born. Yeah. So um, yeah. He was born in Orsett Hospital. Orsett? Is that how they say it there? No, it's not. Is that near Dorset? And, uh, that, <laughs> in those days, I did not have an accent. It was quite neutral. Like did yours. you sound like Russell Brand? I don't believe it. I, I think you either sounded like Russell Brand or you sounded like <laughs> you do. I don't, I, don't think you, I don't think you ever sounded like Joanna Lumley or Superkins. The, the chips are so good these days. The chips? Yeah, the chips I have implanted to make oh, me sound Oh, is that how you look so young? that I do most of my work for. I see. Is that why you glitch, or is that just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all augmented. She's 250, Ooh, really. That's, that's a very good word. <laughs> yes, that was. Oh, that's the word of the day there, Terry. Augmented. Augment. Yeah, augment. now... Um, you you got some topics you wanted to uh, chat about. Yeah, well, um, a few weeks ago we were talking about Heartstopper, which um, is one of the best things I've ever watched ever. Um, it's truly beautiful. And um, I've been speaking to a lot of people over the last few weeks that have been incredibly moved, um, especially actually either very young people or the older generations who wish that had been their, their experience of school. Um, I also know one of my close friends who's literally watched it every night for a few weeks because she just can't get enough and she sort of um, shared with me just how just how brilliant it's been in being for her and, and, and what a profound impact it's had in the sense of her reflecting back and thinking, gosh, what if? So mm. on that note, I just wanted to talk about the uh, programme Big Boys, which is on Channel 4 and it's about a young gay lad who goes to university and meets another young straight lad um, who I've actually forgotten his name now, uh, but they become best of friends. Um, the lead character is called Jack, and um, they become best of friends instantly because they're they're put in the out in the outhouse because they've run out of rooms in halls. Um, so it's like a makeshift <laughs> house, um, and it tells the story of their experiences through university um, and of their their sort of very deep, lovely friendship and what it means to be an ally, and what it means yeah. to be young and gay, and and what it means to to really need uh, people in your life who love you no matter what so that's on Channel 4 and it's been praised by disability rights activists as well hasn't it for its portrayal of positive portrayal of the complexities of people with disabilities I think the character Deb Mm. is it Mm-hmm. Is, has been really praised uh, I know in some quarters that I've read so yeah it's hitting all the right boxes isn't it? You it know? is Not, and you know 
Yeah. It's got yeah, it's just got really good representation and I think it's um mm. it also tackles depression um really, really yeah, well. Mental health. Um yeah. and uh, binge drinking and um being a person of colour and in and, and a minority within a very sort of white um educational system that mm. that they're at, the university that they're at. It's uh, I think the gentleman that wrote it is actually in it um at one point. Well I know he is, but I don't really want to go spoiling all these movies. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough. It really, it really is something. I've so if you've watched Heartstopper yeah. and you want a little break, um, please do, please do check that out. And uh, of course, there's a lot of LGBTQIA plus films and TV shows bringing, uh, bring brought, bring being brought back onto um, TV at the moment because it is Pride Month. You'd notice what. That's probably because there's so many rainbow flags around at the moment. In amongst, of course, even more union flags. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not just about supporting the NHS this year. Uh, no, I think that's drifted away, isn't it? Well, always support the NHS, but yeah, Pride Month. Uh, every, every day is Pride, but um, yeah. but it is lovely to have this special. Like a bit of quarter. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid we've run right out of time. Time always wins. We'll be back next week, same time, same channel. You can find us at shoutoutradio.lgbt to listen again to hundreds of past shows. Until then, have a very rainbow-covered week. So from the team, goodbye. Until next time. Say bye, Terry. Say bye, Ez. See you next week. Bye, bye, bye Ez. Bye. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.